BDSM and non-standard relationships. Star exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well, well as, as simply, simply fun, fun kink. kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at eroticawakeningpodcast.com. This week on Erotic Awakening, this week on Erotic Awakening, Erotic forgot what we're doing. This week on Erotic Awakening, Erotic Writing. No, take three. This week on Erotic Awakening, Erotic Writing with Misha Stone. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Your hosts, Dan and Don, share with you their experience and insights on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Very professional podcast today with our multiple takes <laughs> starting, but we do have some brand new equipment. We are staring at the big Silver. Uh, even even Karen said this was cock-like, and uh, it is a big uh, microphone. This happens to be a Yeti Blue. It's not a blue microphone, though. It's not blue, so but it looks kind of neat. So we're back in our other previous mobile studio. Yes. So we'll see how this works, and um, it's going to be it's going to sound a little different, but I think it's tested pretty well. We'll see. So far, so good. Uh, this does not mean we're getting rid of the old podcast equipment, Mr. T. Who is sitting there going, not an omnidirectional mic, <laughs> but it, it's actually a bi-directional mic. Ooh. We're just trying to get in with the LGBT crowd with Ooh. the bi-directional mic. I'm bi. Are you bi? Not yet, but if I keep talking <laughs> into this big cock, things may happen. Uh, so, um, but it does allow us some mobility. Regardless of that, uh, today on the podcast, we're going to speak with Misha Stone. We actually spoke with her at Kinky College some time ago. She's wrote a few books in the erotica genre, this uh, what, most recent one called Hidden Heart, Windy City, Part 1. And with all those books coming out lately, you may have heard of the 50 different she... books coming out. <laughs> she certainly did write one of them. We also have an interesting question of the day about a polypod, mm-hmm. which is not a um, reference to the classic Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I know. I the think second that. making of it starred uh, a Leonard Nimoy of all people. Really? It did. Oh, I didn't realize that. That was the second making of it. Yes, that was a, a remake of the original. But we're not. This podcast is not here to talk about movies and entertainment. No, we do that on another podcast. Brand new to the Erotic Awakening podcast. How's that for a segue? I love that. Well done. It's too bad you ruined my lead into it by the wo- <laughs> need for the woohoo. Um, Where was I going to go with it? Oh, brand new on the Erotic Awakening Podcast Network is the brand new podcast, Three Thumbs Up. We've mentioned it before. It is officially out there. It's on the iTunes. It's on our Erotic Awakening Podcast Network webpage. You can get to it and find out uh, from uh, podcast host Dan and Dawn, who you know from the Erotic Awakening Podcast, who are joined by uh, Karen as they go around checking out a variety of entertainment things 
and yeah. reviewing them. Yeah, exactly. So, and it's a short little mini cast. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that word. We uh, kind of copied that from Crazy Heart with the people at Kink. Mm. He's doing mini cast now. So it's like a little mini cast, and that we take however long it takes to talk about the movie or the game or sure. whatever it is that we uh, decided to uh, test out or enjoy. I guess is how I would put it. Enjoy, mm-hmm. not test we've, out. We've done uh, reviews on movies like Guardians of the Galaxy and mm-hmm. the new Mockingjay movie, as well as board games such as Pandemic and that thing with the penguin. No, oh. no penguin. Panda. Panda. Yeah, yes. the panda game. I forget the name of it, though, so it's in Japanese. Fortunately, you can listen to the podcast and hear it. Exactly. Though, I will tell you with the movies, there are spoiler alerts because we can't talk about it without talking about the movie. <laughs> oh yeah. It would be really just diff- thinking no, that we did last night. Yes. <laughs> um, so that's that. Um, hi Don. Hi Dan. It's been a while since we've recorded. It feels we like. didn't oh. do a hi Don. Hi Dan. Oh, we didn't. We failed. Oh my gosh, that is a fail. Hopefully, people like uh, Mr. Rick Sir from Kansas. And Tequila Rose from Germany. Who are new subscribers to the newsletter. Won't catch the fact that we just fucked that up. And, and Monkey King was like, I, I was sitting there at the, at the room and I was typing up the newsletter mm-hmm. for November. Mm-hmm. And Monkey King's like, you know, you guys really ragged on me when I took so long to join. And then I joined the mailing list <laughs> and I don't get a newsletter. And I'm like, that's okay. You'll get it tonight. So I sent out the newsletter. I said, but watch this. When I send out the newsletter, it's been two months at least since right. I sent one out. We'll get an unsubscriber. I always do. And he's like, no. I'm like, yeah, we did. Yep. <laughs> that's okay. We got a lot of new subscribers. Sure. Um, so let's go into our question of the day. Uh, it goes like this. It's a polyamory question, I'm going to assume. What does polypod mean to you? What are the members' responsibilities? How can one become part of it? How is it different than a family or a tribe? Um, so that's an interesting question. We talk about the polypod um, on occasion. We just That's our reference point to a group of polyamorous people that are related in some way, normally because they have a relationship connection. Mm-hmm. And we just did that, um, what is today, Sunday? We just did that Friday for mm-hmm. the day after Thanksgiving. So we decided to have a polypod dinner. And literally, that was me, Dan, and Karen, and Big D, and his wife, and Karen's new boyfriend, and your slave bat with her new girlfriend, and to Big D and his wife's two kids, mm-hmm. and we invited two very close friends. Mm-hmm. So it was our pod plus two close friends that knew most of us. Mm-hmm. So, and um, it was a it was a really good time. But I think the reason someone sent this person to me to ask the question is because I use the term polypod, and it could be um, some people use family, some people use tribe. Yeah, but I don't everything. think those names really work. I, I like some people use work. polycule, polycule, like different thing. But I like polypod, and to me, polypod means that we're all connected. We all um, are dating each other somehow, right? It's not that we're all like in one house. It's not like that we're all um, all in one group, and all of us are dating each other. But we're all connected somehow. So in the pod, but it's kind of fluid. 
Mm-hmm. So he's asking, so how do you get, become part of the pod? Well, you have to be dating one of us. And it's more than just dating one of us. It, I exactly. Think. Exactly. Um, it's more of a, it's a relationship. We're building relationships. Yes, there's, there's, now you've gotten to the point of relationship. And to you, I mean, I'm not, obviously, I'm, I'm not in a direct relationship with. Big D. Uh, actually, I was going to say, uh, with Cake Pop. That'll be her new name. Oh, Cake Congratulations. Pop. Congratulations. Yes. So Cake Pop is Big D's wife. Mm-hmm. I am not in a direct relationship mm. with her. I am in a relationship with her through you, through your relationship with darts, through to her. Mm-hmm. But I still consider her part of the polypod. And it's pretty vague. It's pretty loose who is, who is and who is not part of it. I think part of it is a matter of time. You know, um, if you've only dated somebody, you've been on a date with somebody once or twice... You normally wouldn't include them into the polypod. Right, right. A play partner. I wouldn't bring a play right. partner in either. There's somebody I'm kind of flirting with. Don't know that I would bring him to a polypod mm-hmm. dinner. Right. But somebody who has a direct impact on either yourself mm-hmm. or one of your partners. Right. I would say belongs in the polypod. Mm-hmm. And certainly Cake Pot does have a direct impact on Big D, which mm-hmm. has a direct impact on you, right. which therefore can have a direct impact on me, right? Oh, and it all, I mean, it all runs the chain. So Cake Pop has an influence on Big D, who has an influence on me. I have an influence on you. You have an influence on Karen sure. and Bat. So, I mean, it just all spreads out. So it's, it's our pod. But I still consider it kind of fluid, as in, um, I actually looked this up. I, um, after answering this person... I looked up whale pods and dolphin pods <laughs> because I'm like, I'm using this word and this word actually means something. I should go out there and look up what it means. And basically it was fluid. As people leave the group, they're allowed to leave the group and go do their own thing, you know, because some of the people in our pod may not be there forever. Right. So they're allowed to leave and new people may come in as we're having building a new relationship. Absolutely. So I still kind of like that. That fluidness. We've got a, a new person. Karen's dating somebody new mm-hmm. recently, and who knows what's going to happen. And the the edges of the pod or the cutoff part, the part that does not, you know, is kind of vague, right? Like, mm-hmm. so Karen's dating uh, the new guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've already given him a nickname. Right? M. I think we'll it's call just him what M. Called. Okay. And he has a couple other relationships that he's in as well. Right. Uh, but we didn't think to invite them to the polypod dinner because the relationship with Karen and M, they haven't really included those people yet. Right. So, but, but if on the other hand, there's certainly, I wouldn't mind inviting them if it was important to M. If mm-hmm. M said, by, oh, you know what, I've got this other person that's, a, oh, sure, bring them along. And we left it open for Cake Pop to invite someone that she's dating. Sure. So, and Even though I don't think I've met them. Um, you have, Poly, but I don't think At I Poly Columbus, I think you've met them. So, they've been there. <laughs> oh, I meant to mute that. Sorry, folks. Did I? <laughs> <coughs> oh, that was a new technology <laughs> you fail You are the next one to start the pandemic game because yes, you're coughing and sneezing. <laughs> uh, so, what are the members' responsibilities? None. None. There's no real responsibilities, Mm-mm. I don't think, to be a, um, treat no, each I, other. I really can't say that they're. Maybe I can't even say it's treat each other with respect. Yeah. Because if Cake Pop 
and Karen had a disagreement, the only the only time they would have to treat each other with respect would be at a polypod gathering, which we've just started. So yeah, yeah. so I guess that would be the only. Res- but that's that's called common courtesy, right? If you're around somebody, don't be a douche, right? Or don't We're be adults. a dick. We're, We're adults. adults. Yeah. So I don't really think there's any responsibilities to each other. If Big D decides to move, it doesn't mean everybody. It doesn't mean that Pittsburgh Chris has to come down and help him pack his car. Right. So. Um, yeah. So it's all kind of loose, but we feel like we should be doing things together. Is so? Is this person who asked how they can become a part of it, or do they want to become a part of my harem? I don't. It's a guy. So maybe still, maybe my harem. No, because, hey. to, Well, I don't know. Karen's the one picking up the new guy. That's <laughs> maybe. true. But now that I've got this big cock in front of me, I might Ooh. be, you never know. <laughs> so, but I hope that answers this question. So, but to us, it's just how we use the word. And then you have to step back and you have to realize we should have started with the caveat that there's no dictionary that says this is the correct way to word use the right. word. And this is still very new to us because um, my relationship with Big D is about a year and a half long now. And um, Bat's relationship with her girlfriend Mm -hmm. is still on the newer side, comparatively. And, you know, we've just started spreading out like this to where it's turned into a pod. Right. So it's been you and three girls for a long time and Pittsburgh Chris. Yeah. So now we're all kind of spreading out. And <laughs> very true. Um, if you have a question of the day for us about your polypod or anything else, feel free to contact us via Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Or use the Got Comment form on the webpage, eroticawakening.com. Or by going to that webpage, you can find all kinds of ways to get a hold of us via FetLife, Twitter, even voicemail. 614-414-2072. But you know, we've got something coming up um, where people can actually ask us these poly questions oh, as well. Yes. So we'll be doing an intensive in Chicago. It's this Saturday, though, so only the people that get to this podcast soon are going to know about it. So that would be December 6th? December 6th. Yep. So, so. so on December 5th, you and I will jump in the car. Mm-hmm. We will drive uh, as close to Chicago as we can get. And then Chicago... At the um, Leather Rose, it's Cellar A. Leather Rose, so maybe Association. Association, very good. We'll be doing five or six hours on polyamory, Mm -hmm. um, tools for polyamory, building a foundation, jealousy, all kinds of great stuff. The joys of polyamory, absolutely, and that's one that sometimes people forget about. Yep, and then we'll stay overnight and then come back home the next day. But we'll be celebrating our wedding anniversary actually on the way back. Very true. We just haven't decided. Fourteen or fifteen or twelve. Oh, Nine, it was 2001. Four. This is 2014, so 13 years married. And that's a lucky number. Yep, it is, actually. Is it? It is. I'll tell you why later. Okay. So, but, uh... What else would you like to say? Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. They've got their season's beatings party coming up in a couple of weeks, I believe. So, find out more at adventuresinsexuality.org. Excellent. And if you would like to send me food on boobs like the wonderful Kirby, you can do so. Kirby sent me um, some soft core food on boobs. It's actually just somebody eating, I think, some yogurt or something. But it was a great 
boob shots. But my question, Kirby, is whose boobs are those? Ooh. And then Fiscal Dom, back on the radar, sent a picture of a tentacle cake. It's not on boobs, but it is a kick-ass tentacle cake. I would eat it. It's so awesome. I would eat it, too. My birthday is... Oh, a long way away, but we could eat it anyway. If you would like to get me something for my birthday, which is also a long, long away, you could rate our podcast on iTunes. You could tweet about us or like us on Facebook or just tell your friends. Tell your friends. We do have a new Facebook like. We have eight new Facebook likes. I know, but I don't have them all listed on here. So only Penelope. Penelope. I keep wanting to say Penelope, but it's Penelope. Hi, Penelope. Thanks for finding us and licking us on the Facebook. So a lot of people have been finding us on Facebook. We've we've hit like a wave. You know, it's like a lot of people didn't hear about it. And then, boom, we got likes every single day. So we need to make the list out there. It's nice to be liked. It is. It is. So other than that, we're going to go ahead and bring on Misha Stone. At this point, Misha Stone is the author of a variety of books, including most recently Hidden Heart, Windy City. Uh, Misha is a very nice person. She's been a big supporter of the podcast and of our events. She always makes sure that we have copies of her books to give out at our various various events that we go to. And it was great to take some time at the uh, Kinky College and sit down and chat with her. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that... We've now you and I have published two books now, and we found out that in our book Living MS, we kind of got lucky because we just spewed what we believed and what we believed and what we felt. Right. But writing fiction is this totally different thing that I am just not very good at. Mm-mm. Though we attempted that with some of Sex Stories and Powers Power Exchange, some of the stories are true, which were easier to write, and mm-hmm. some of them are fiction, which isn't so easy to write because. I mean, the people that write fiction, kudos. I see this stuff in my head, but I don't always know how to put it down on paper. You know, I get wrapped up in the emotions of the person. I don't think to add in what the room looks like around them or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. The, you know, and, and I totally agree. And, but fortunately, people like Misha are fantastic at that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, can build a theater of the mind, shall we Ooh, say, I which like I think that. I stole from somebody else's podcast. Ooh, um, let's go ahead and bring on Misha. Don, here we are in the Windy City still at the Kinky College. Still. And the funny thing is um, Chicago, of course, known as the Windy City, but here we are sitting here with the author of the book Hidden Heart, Windy City, book one. Misha Stone, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. So your book takes place in Chicago, and I bet it's got something to do with kink since we're at a kink conference. Yes. Um, Give me the background on what the book's about. Okay, um, so it's a romance novel, because um, I love romances, and I love happy endings. That has to always happen. Um, so uh, the main characters, uh, Jessica and Royce, meet through a mutual friend, and um, Jessica has pretty much given up on love. She doesn't want anything long-term. Every now and then, when I'd stand's fine, but she's no strings. And then she finds uh, comes across Royce, who is not that type. He wants what he wants. He wants her, and he's not going to let her go. So they um, start, uh, uh, he's a dominant, she's not, but he kind of slowly introduces her to, to his world, and she's enjoying it, and as long as he understands there's no strings and she doesn't want long-term, she's fine with it, And um, but eventually he kind of gets under her skin and teaches her Ooh. more about herself than she knew. 
sounds interesting. I just read the back of it. It's like, uh, I know what I'm re- reading on the way home. Oh, wait, I have to drive. <laughs> so it might be a little difficult. So why, uh, what, and this is actually your second book. This is the first book of the, there's the a trail- first book yeah. of this series. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what drove you to desire, your desire to actually publish a book? I mean, it seems like it's not a genre that other people haven't already touched. Right. No, it's not. It's pretty popular right now. But it's um, the genre that I'm most comfortable in. And it's, um, when I write, because it's fiction, I can make the dominant do what I want the dominant <laughs> to do. Whereas I in, get that. <laughs> in um, my real relationship, I cannot. So I can make him look at me in a way that I, my husband may not look at me, or I can make him do a scene with me that I might be interested in doing that is a limit for him. Um, so it's a way for me to work out my fantasies on paper. And okay. a lot of it is just yeah. coming from that. Yeah, that's, pr- that's pretty much what we did with Sex Stories and mm-hmm. Power Exchange. You know, right. you kind of write about the fantasies, the fantasy ones anyway. You write about the fantasies right. that you would like, and that makes it flow, mm-hmm. you know, because it's what's in your heart. Right, yeah. <laughs> or elsewhere. Um, <laughs> so I do have a question for you, Misha. Um, I was going to say you don't have to answer this one if you don't want to, and that's what we tell everybody. But is Misha your real name? No. Okay, damn. See, we should have taken that route. Because my question was going to be, I understand that you have a family. Mm-hmm. So when the children get older, what if they find the book? But if They've already found the book. It's okay. Kind of because um, they, and they know that mommy writes adult books, not okay. things for kids. So they're not allowed to read my, my, my writing. Because every now and then they'll pop into the office while I'm writing. And I'll <laughs> switch the screen or put a hand over it. Don't read this. you know. Right. Um, but they have seen um, this one here, Dark, Dark Desires. And that mm-hmm. cover, they were like, um, what's this? I'm like, go put that away. That's not for you. <laughs> right. And But um, they're pretty good about knowing not to touch uh, it. How old are they now? Uh, the oldest is 10 and the youngest is 6. Okay. Okay. Because okay. they'll get more curious, you realize, yes, as, they as they get older. Yeah, so. and that's something that we, we've yeah. always worried about to begin with, just with our relationship. Mm-hmm. And now that we're... That okay. I've done this. My family knows that I write this genre. My parents nice. and my sister and brother and my cousins have now outed me as well. But um, okay. yeah, <laughs> but um, they don't know that it's reality to me uh, as well. Yeah. They okay. think it's just my writing. See, so. that's the difference. Because I'm like, you know, I just need to do that. Just come out to everybody. It's not like I have a podcast or anything. Right. Where people hear my voice <laughs> or read my name anyway. But you know, but there is that layer, you know, mm-hmm. of of the real time. So cool. So I was just wondering because yeah. Yeah. People have to make those choices. Now, when you wrote Dark Desires, your first book, mm-hmm. was that pre or post Fifty Shades of Grey? Uh, most of it was pre. It okay. was stories that I had written and I had, and then I decided um, after I finished school last year that I, you know, maybe I should take some of these and actually put them together and, and put them out there. Right. As So everybody's got an opinion about Fifty Shades of Grey and the impact it's going to have on the community. Mm-hmm. So obviously as an author that writes in the same genre and that... 50-mile version of of Hidden Heart, there are some similarities between the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about the the impact Fifty Shades is going to have on our community? Do you think there is going to be one at all? Or? I think it brought it out more, so there's more people who may have been thinking about it or feeling it, and they didn't know what the words were, and it gave them words. Um, I think it, in a negative way, it showed people that that. How do you say this? So that people think that there must be something wrong with the people in the relationship. Like right. with Christian, um, Anna was always trying to fix him. 
Mm-hmm. If I fix him, he won't be dominant anymore, and this right. will work better. Whereas um, in my books, I like I try to portray that it's normal, it's okay, and as long as we're happy and we're doing this safely, mm-hmm. we both will benefit from it. It's not something to fix. Do you feel that there's any responsibility on your part to portray? Because you actually, I, my understanding, and I don't, know the author of Fifty Shades, but my understanding mm-hmm. is she does not actually live the lifestyle, where you obviously do. You're at mm-hmm. a kink event, and I've been watching you. You're a participant in our lifestyle here, <laughs> to be honest. Do you feel you have any responsibility in your books to portray a valid version of the lifestyle? I do, because I want people to know the, the, the reality of it, the, 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 what it really is, that it's not a game. It's not. I mean, for some people, it's just bedroom play. But there's a difference between bedroom play and living it. And mm-hmm. if you're living it, live it. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't try to fix it. Don't cure it. It's, it's okay. And but I do think that they're... Because um, I have met other authors who are not in the lifestyle. And when I read their books, I can tell they're not. Mm-hmm. Like, this is wrong. And you're making a judgment in some of these statements that they make throughout their books. Whereas I, So, yeah, I do, I do feel like I need to be more accurate. One of the biggest worries I have when I write is am I not being accurate in something. Is someone going to read mm. this and see, like, oh, that's not the way it is? I mean, even though it is for me or in my fantasy, right. that's one of my biggest worries, is that I'm right. portraying something that's not an actuality. I could see that being a concern with writing fiction, mm-hmm. whereas for, like, um, writing Living MS, that was us. Right. You know, we, we portrayed what happened, and therefore there is no, this isn't the way it is. Well, yes, it was. Right, yeah. <laughs> but with uh, fiction, I could really, I could see that being a concern. So, hmm. How far ahead do you, I see that obviously Windy City is book one. How far ahead in your head, or actually on paper, is the series gone? The second book is half written. I've gotten a little behind because I, I, I've actually, I'm giving some fiction workshops of my own and taking some. Okay. And, so there's, and I do some editing, and so there's other things that I do as well. But um, so I know the storyline for the next book and the book after that and possibly the fourth book. So it was just a matter of having the time to sit down and get it out of my head and onto the computer. And what do you recommend to people when that last part, having time, right? Mm-hmm. There's a part, I'm sure, where in your life you're like, I'd like to write a book one day. And then that transforms into, I will write a book one day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write a book. How do you block off? And the one thing we always hear from people is, oh, I would write a book. And the one thing I continually say, we're going to write another book when we have time. So how do you mm-hmm. create that time? Uh, well, writing for me has always been a passion since I was a child. It's just the thing that I, I feel like I was I need to do. And um, I'm lucky my husband's very supportive of it. Um, I actually went to college for it after we'd been married for several years and had the three kids. So it was not easy to make time for that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is I just have to set time and just tell everybody, Mommy's working, I'm upstairs, leave me alone. And then my husband becomes the guard. Right. <laughs> to keep them the guard. <laughs> yes, mostly because they're student loans and he wants something out of it. What, what, how, he refers to it as his ROI, return on investment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I that feeling too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who is the, uh, when you write, do you have a target audience in mind? Me. Mostly. Oh, nice. I'm, very, I'm a very oh. selfish writer. Mm. Good. Um, if it doesn't turn me on, it doesn't go in the book. So by if, reading these, we learn a little more about you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> there are some, like, in this... In this <laughs> Six months from now, <laughs> at Tiki College, when I flirt with you, yeah. you're going to be, my God, he knows me inside out. <laughs> there are some parts to, like, uh, I did read uh, one review. That is, uh, there are some elements where people are starting to find something that, of course, that mixes with Fifty Shades, which I think every book in the genre will because it's the genre. Right. They connected um, Jessica's uh, one of something that Royce wants to push her towards is going into the publishing field. 
because she had a degree in English and she didn't do anything with it. That was one of her things she didn't didn't do. And um, it had nothing to do with Fifty Shades. It had more to do with me. I've mm-hmm. always wanted to be a writer, and instead I got certified in ophthalmology, and I run an ophthalmology office that has absolutely nothing to do with writing. But um, my husband pushed me, and he got me to do it because that was he knew that was my dream. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, there's a lot of me in the books. So. Okay. How do you, and from either this book or your previous book, once you put it out there, mm-hmm. and you have, people have the right to review it. And mm-hmm. I remember reading our first I can tell you, I'm sure I have a hundred good reviews out there, but I can, I can verbatim tell you about the bad review. Yeah, me too. Right? The one. Yeah, yeah the, the one. The... Right. <laughs> how, do you, how do you process that, getting that bad review? Um, well, there's two that I, that I remember very vividly. The first one, um, I liked it on Goodreads. It was on Goodreads, and I hit the like button anyway. And I said, well, that's his opinion. And I think he misunderstood, but... Or maybe he's right, and then I have to go look back at it and take a look. The second one um, was for Hidden Heart, and she made several references to um, Fifty Shades. And I thought it her, just her references were unfair, mm-hmm. but um, like I said, I take it and I, I look back at the book. I try to go back and try to figure out, is she right? Did I do that? Where did I do it? Where did it go wrong? And how can I fix it so it doesn't do that? So I don't do it in the next book. So I try to make it positive mm-hmm. after I have the five minutes of seething anger and how <laughs> dare you say that. Exactly. Right. Yes. Where's your book? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, now, you took an interesting route to getting published. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. I self-publish. I opened up my own publishing company so I could publish under the publishing name. Um, I've had some vanilla work um, published through magazines and such that I do under my, my actual name. But... Um, through magazines and, and, and things like that. But for this, I wanted to control over it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mm-hmm. do it on my terms. I wanted to release things when I wanted to release them. And especially with having the kids, deadlines are hard for me. My own deadlines I can stick to. But like, um, especially because I still work full time, so it's hard to get it all in. But And I wanted the cover to be the way I wanted it. I wanted to release it where I wanted to release it. And I just... And I didn't want to be patient because I'm not patient. <laughs> I wanted to do it. I wanted it out. I didn't want to wait a year and a half for, for it to happen. Right. Yeah. So what do you perceive as, um, I don't know, a victory or the condition where you say, did Dark Desires, your first book, ever hit that point where you said, I'm satisfied with the, the impact that book had or with the number of people that bought it or with the, I'm just satisfied with it? Mm. I think the level of um, interest that I've gotten back from people who have read it is how I measure that, mm-hmm. that um, they're enjoying it, that they're, it's not something that they're, mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me, that they wish they hadn't gotten. <laughs> right. Know, like, you know, um, I, so I, I enjoyed writing it. So far, everyone has enjoyed reading it. Um, mm-hmm. So that has been, I guess that's my level of success. Okay. I may never sell millions of books. And that's fine. I write for me, and I write, you know, so it's fun. And someone used the term stroke fiction today. Mm. And right. that's what Dark <laughs> Desires is, a stroke fiction. Right. And um, from some of the people I've talked to, it works. So <laughs> I guess that's a level of success. <laughs> but, yeah, as long as there's interest in it, then that's... So stroking is like clapping is what I've heard. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, yes. so is, is Windy City, would you not consider that... Stroke fiction? 
Or is it more of a romance? And it's more of a romance, but there are definitely stroke scenes okay. in it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Billy Squire in my head yes. for some reason. Well, one more question for you, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Then if a couple months from now I run into you and I say, hey, you know what, I finished reading Hidden Heart and I masturbated nine times. Is that a compliment? Is that a insult to your professional career? Or is that just too much damn information? That's a compliment. I'll get started immediately. <laughs> Misha, thank you for being on the podcast today. I hope the book does fantastic. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show and its educational branch, the Monkey Puzzle Club. Join us the third Friday of each month for Fetish Foreplay Friday at Club Princeton in Columbus, Ohio. Classes begin at 8 with party immediately following. You can also catch the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show at Porter's Pub in Columbus, Ohio, the fourth Friday of every month. The Monkey Puzzle Club meets every Wednesday at 8 p.m. at the room at the Columbus Insight Center. Follow us on Twitter at MonkeyPuzzleOH. And you can follow both Guilty Pleasures and Monkey Puzzle Club on FetLife.com for all announcements and discussions. Bye, Dean. Bye, Donald.